Pubcast. I realized that what I'm seeing with people is not all this negative stuff, but really where they are right now and what direction they're going and what can empower them. So this topic of empowerment is, uh, is a huge topic for me, but it's sort of a, in the background because it's, it's where the reading happens is in empowerment. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, guests, listeners, friends, family, happy holidays coming up in this beautiful December. My name is Gina Cavalier, and I'm the host of The Liberated Healer. And I am your other host, Linnea Hodson. My adorable Linnea Hodson. I just get so (laughs) tingly when I'm around her. She's wonderful. (laughs) And we actually have a really amazing guest today that we're super excited about. His name is Damien Lowry, and he is a shamanic intuitive healer and I actually got a healing from him last week that was amazing and welcome Damien welcome hi from Germany from uh you're you live in Germany now and is that correct that's correct I live in Germany uh close to Munich to Munich Germany where the Oktoberfest is and where they wear lederhosen and dirndls and things like that and uh I actually grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I lived down in Los Angeles after I graduated from college for a year or two. Oh, wow. So uh, I know California really, really well. It's, uh, it's home to me. And uh, as you can probably tell from my particular accent, I'm sort of a Western, I have a Western USA accent, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I, I have friends from other countries like South Africa and Canada, and they definitely have different accents. Uh, I do speak fluent German. For those of you who are curious, does he speak German? Yes. Did I learn German in school? No, I learned Spanish because in California, who learns German? (laughs) Yeah, the joke's on me. (laughs) What I actually found interesting that we'll get into a little bit more later, though, is you said some of the intuitive messages you were getting were in German for me. What? Yes. Yeah. So that was, oh man, I so, need to hear about that. I know it was crazy. So why don't we just set up with everybody kind of a little bit of your backstory and who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, as I said, I, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area uh, in a small town and went to the University of California, Berkeley. And after graduating, did a couple of jobs here and there. And then I decided to visit Europe and quickly decided to move to Germany for a while. And I've been here ever since. Now, when I was in Los Angeles, uh, I was I introduced to a lot. I met a lot, a lot of people. What a special place Los Angeles is. I really appreciate Los Angeles. And I discovered with a friend of mine who did a tarot card reading for me that I was psychic. And well, the first things you do when you discover you're psychic is, well, maybe freak out a little bit, but you also <laughs> have to look and see what does it mean to me to be psychic? Because I've met lots of different types of psychics. I'm the type of psychic that sees thought pictures. Okay. So yeah, so I don't get feelings in my left knee. I don't feel like when rain is coming. I may see when rain is coming. Um, I call it energy reading. Uh, I call my sessions readings or a reading. And 
when I start to do a reading, I don't need any information about the person. I don't need to see the person. I don't need their birth date or their star sign. I, I think those are all great things, by the way. Um, but I actually can work better without much story. So people telling me long story about where they are right now and what their problems are or what their issues are. Um, in the beginning of the reading, I don't need that because what I do is I look into their energy and I tell them what I see and I tell them everything. Mm -hmm. Right from the very start, back in 1982, 83, 84 uh, in Los Angeles and then later in the San Francisco Bay Area again, and then later on in uh, 86, 87 in Germany, I realized that what I'm seeing with people is not all this negative stuff, but really where they are right now and what direction they're going and what can empower them. So this topic of empowerment, this word sort of showed up, I think in the seventies actually, uh, is a huge topic for me, but it's sort of a, in the background because it's, it's where the reading um, happens is in empowerment. Mm. And it's not so much predicting the future as seeing what's here right now. Correct. And when I'm doing a healing, I, I, I have some shamanic training uh, and it was very, it came very natural to me. I just need a little bit of um, introduction, you might say. And, it, and what I realized in my healings or the healing sessions, the treatments, there was a healing energy already flowing when we started. And the tools that I use usually come from the other person, in other words, the patient or the person I'm working with, the client. And so I, I continually let them know that this is what I'm reading with you. This is not Damien's interesting tool chest. I mm -hmm. do have an interesting tool chest and I do occasionally use tools out of my tool chest, but only when I see that that's the one or those are the ones to use at this moment. Mm -hmm. So uh, so my background, really, <laughs> I thought I was going to wind up going into business or something. <laughs> but, the long, but the longer I've lived, even starting as early as age 20, I realized then I'm a little different than I thought I was. And then I'm really quite intuitive. In fact, nowadays in California, we don't use the word psychic as much as we use the word intuitive. So the Germans say, so, so what do you do or what, you know, what are you? Germans are more, they're into titles. I say, um, I'm an intuitive, right? I'm an intuitive. And a lot of people are I'm gonna start intuitive. using that more often. I feel like when you just come yeah, right out with it. Yeah, it's been picked up by a lot of very prominent mediums, channels, healers, psychics. Um, yeah. And one of the problems in German is Germans have a lot of words that sound just like the English words. And unfortunately, one of them is psychic. Mm. Um, in German, they would pronounce it psychisch, and it means psychological. It doesn't mean psychic like no. we mean it. Yeah. yeah, they have a completely different word for psychic. So uh, in German, we call those false friends. Uh, but anyway, Interesting. Um, Interesting. Moving to Germany was really important to me. And there are a whole lot of, you know, special, very personal reasons for that. But it allowed me to discover parts of myself or maybe forced me to discover parts of myself that I didn't really know existed. And I, 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 I was very touched when several different friends within the first few years or maybe several years later said, gosh, you're so brave. You have so much courage moving to a foreign country and learning a new language adjusting to a new culture. Mm. And I want to tell you, I never felt courageous, ever. Wow. I never felt that I was particularly courageous. I did what my thing was. Yeah. And that's really what we all want to do, isn't it? We want to do our thing, follow our path. You, you know, when we look in our hearts, feel authentic. 
you went the opposite direction from Eckhart Tolle. So he went from, <laughs> he was in from Germany and then he felt a strong calling to come to Los Angeles to do his book. So oh, you went the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we, well, we had a little agreement. He and I made a little agreement. That I would take <laughs> you know, there is something to be said though, for bravery, as far as following your dreams and, you know, going after a career path that, you're literally just being called to do. It's not something that you planned out for a really long time, you know? And there is a lot of courage in that, taking the plunge and doing that, just going for it. Yeah, and I'm getting chills right now because the three of us are can, you know, and this, maybe some people listening out there can attest to how hard that really is. I, I was in I was in entertainment for 25 years and oh, yeah. it's second nature to me. And that's where I made the most money and really not made, haven't made much money on here, but this is the most rewarding and enjoyable. And I would never be able to put it aside now. And so just laying the groundwork and like you, I love when you said the word authentic, that is exactly how we're trying to be you know, there's, there's no shenanigans and we just put ourselves out there and you do, there is an element of bravery mm-hmm. that even on social media, things like that, when I'm talking about certain things, of course we have to be careful about how we present things, but you know, this, you just have to do what, what is in your heart and, and hope that it gets the people that, that need to hear it that day. So absolutely. So, um, my one question is you say that you look into people's energy. Is there a process that you, what, you know, you see pictures, is it just, it comes up or do you see, do you imagine a screen or what is your process to get ready to start doing a shamanic healing or reading? Yeah. Is it like looking at their spirit? Uh, looking at their spirit. I, I, I personally wouldn't call it that because people confuse spirit with soul. Okay. Um, Yes. And. For my definition, those are not the same thing necessarily, uh, and can be confusing. True. Uh, it, 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 it's a it's sort of a combination of how they express themselves. So you could even say personality, but okay. certainly their soul as well, because I really can see what their soul wants in that moment mm. that I'm looking. And in terms of preparing myself, that's always been a bit of a a quandary for me to answer that question because most people assume I meditate for half an hour before and I do know channels and mediums who do that I don't but I do inside of myself whether I'm doing the dishes or sending an email to someone somebody else completely I do uh inner in, in myself see things in fact I'm already seeing things about the client maybe 20 minutes 30 minutes even an hour before I start the session with them so uh, when I start the session, it's not like I try to remember what I saw, but I'm sort of already tuned into their energy. Just by hearing their voice on the phone, I can identify their energy and I can read it. Fascinating. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like this. We like yes. this. Well, I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I, I, I used to tell people, I used to tell people when they said, wow, that's incredible. I said, well, actually I'm kind of the real McCoy. Yeah. You're the real McCoy. <laughs> I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Germans can be pretty skeptical, to be honest. That's, you know, no problem there. A lot of Americans can be skeptical, too. I've had lots of readings with Americans. Uh, is it different to have a reading with an American than a German? No. <laughs> no. But is it less popular there? Is it something that people are talking about as much as they are in Southern California? <laughs> oh, no. not. But, you know, if you try to compare Southern California with Iowa, or even with upstate New York, 
Um, oh, yeah. Southern California is sort of the seat in the northern hemisphere, in the western and northern hemisphere, mm -hmm. for spiritual work. Correct. So I'm not saying there's no spiritual work anywhere else, and I don't want to offend people from India or people from South America, uh, but really Los Angeles, City of Angels, it's, uh, it's real special. Um, and I know some people say, well, Sedona, Arizona is even more special. I, I'm not so sure. I've been to Sedona. Not so sure that's true. But L.A. has everything going on. So it's not just spiritual. It's got all this other stuff going on, it's which true, is yeah. also to some degree a function of spirituality. But anyway, we were not here to discuss L.A. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's very interesting uh, energetically. And that's where the podcast is. And we just... Every time I try to even leave the vicinity, it just throws me back here. <laughs> yeah. To so I think it's very interesting energetically. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, even on my astrological uh, astrological northern node is right on LA, and they they just say you know that's the place to to communicate the spiritual desires yes. and moving forward and for for me so. Great. So I'm going to get into some of the other things. I, I did have a reading session, like I said, and I felt really calm afterwards. I felt a sense, a deep connection with you. You really helped me communicate some of the things, core things that I would, hadn't thought about in a long time that was kind of, I would say, quote unquote, stuck in my space. Mm -hmm. You did it in a very mm -hmm. kind yes. way, a very, um, you know, Another th comment that I'd like to have is that I would say just in, in throwing out a number out there, 80% of the people in this space are usually females. It's yes. not a lot of, of men continue. They might have an, uh, you know, a desire, but they, to go all the way to the point where they're practitioner practitioners in this certain genre, mm -hmm. I, I don't know the specific numbers, but it is way less than it is females. Oh Yeah. You know, so whenever you do get a, a, a male performing any type of intuitive healing, it, it's to me, I experience it a lot deeper because I work with women so much and, and, and we need that male support. Oh, yeah. And so I appreciate that uh, masculine energy, even though there is a balance. I know that, but I really do appreciate th that side of things. Well, I thank you for that. <laughs> So I'm not sure if you've heard anything like that before. But you did you have a comment on that, Linnea? Yeah, I was just oh. thinking about um, how there's generally speaking more women in the healing space, and that normally has to do with the fact that divine feminine energy is healing energy. So it's you know I'm not saying that there are no men out there who don't channel divine feminine energy as well, but it's a constant work, you know, like females as well have to work on having divine masculine energy in their spaces in order to maintain that balance. It's the yin and the yang. And when a female is a healer and goes into that realm, it tends to come a little bit more naturally because the divine feminine energy is something that flows more naturally. But when it comes to a male in that space, it can be, you know, it's just not as common because channeling that divine feminine energy and working in the healing space is something that I think that's why it takes on a different, a whole different energy when you get a healing from a male that's in the healing space, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just an entirely different energy. Do you have any comments on that day? Damien? I sure do. <laughs> yes, please share. This I is just my do. theory. So... <laughs> Well, no, no, it's not. It, it's pretty good. Okay, I, good. I, I don't think I'm going to disagree with it. Um, however, uh, I, I would like to say that I'm a cancer. 
uh, my son's sign oh, is a cancer. Okay. Um, so I was born under that sign. Mm -hmm. And if you actually look up the you know the next the last hundred known psychic male psychics, it's probably something like sixty to seventy percent cancers. What? You'll find a lot of you'll find a lot of Pisces. Okay, that uh, makes probably. a lot of sense. No, that makes a lot of yes. sense. Now, now, as a man, and I have a friend who's who's a, who's a Pisces. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Cancer. I know I know lots of Cancers. I also actually know lots of Aries, which is a whole different story. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's really really different. Um, the the Cancers among us tend to be sensitive, um, all the way up to oversensitive. We also tend to be the ones who hold grudges. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can hold grudges for years. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and we can be so hurt, so easily hurt. Uh, I, I worked for a charitable organization in San Francisco in 1984, 85, 86. Incredible. My boss would write me a note and I would completely misinterpret it and be completely on the floor, so hurt. You know, you could see the bruises rising up, you know. Um, and she meant something completely different, <laughs> very neutral <laughs> or even loving, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I had to get used to that, but when I discovered that I had a, a strong intuition or, or psychic ability, mm -hmm. uh, I started to, you know, being encouraged by, by the way, a woman, a very, very special woman who I knew back then in Los Angeles. Um, she encouraged me to start giving people sessions. And she said, you know, eventually you're going to have to charge money because people can often listen better if they actually have to pay something. And besides that, you have your rent to pay. So, um, so I began to do that. And when I uh, traveled to Germany, my German friends were mostly younger than me and a real mixed group of men and women. They really encouraged me to do reading sessions. And I've been giving readings here in Germany ever since. I guess I started maybe really a full three years later after moving here. So maybe 1989, 90, actually speaking German in my readings. Up until then, I had translators or you know, Germans often can speak English pretty well. So uh, what I was seeing, by the way, had always to do with relationships. Now, I don't just mean relationships with other people, although that was the main area. Mm -hmm. It was also their relationship with their work and their relationship with their body. Yeah. And I like to use the word body rather than health because I am not, I don't see myself as a classic health practitioner. Mm -hmm. So, and of course I work with health, of course, of course I do. Right. But I use the word body more than I use the word health. So I don't know if I answered your question, Gina. I think so. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm good at talking, so, you know. I'm just following and I get I know, a little lost. <laughs> we get lost. We get very sucked up into whatever you're saying as well. It's great information. Well, there, there's, there's, there's two areas that I, I suspect you definitely want me to cover. And one is what can people do right now to deal with their issues that are coming up right now in their lives? Mm -hmm. And what is the general situation on the planet with energy or the energies that are coming onto the planet you might call them the transformational energies or the yes. ascension energies yes. or the, yeah, like that. Yes, go. I want to know all of it. <laughs> okay, so, so the, 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 the first thing is a lot of people are experiencing things that they haven't noticed in, so much in the past. Maybe they've noticed them a little bit, but now they're coming up like right in front of them. Uh, I'm working with one client that has all kinds of aches and pains that are new to her in the last couple of years. I'm working with a lot of clients who are, they're experiencing like waves of sadness or waves of shame or waves of guilt mm -hmm. or waves of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. And they actually, they, they, they're totally surprised. Most of the time they're totally surprised. 
And I want to say a couple things about these waves that are coming up with people right now. Um, or some, some people will experience it more like they're sitting inside of an energy field of fear. That's a typical one, by the way, that's all over the place on the planet right now. Not everybody has it to the same degree, of course. Um, to some large degree, we're breathing fear in and out of us. So we really have to work on not being fearful, not being victims, mm -hmm. or not being in that fear victim space. Yeah. And so what I'm, the first thing is, is getting, you know, like acknowledging that, you know, no, noticing it, like tuning yourself so that you actually notice how you're feeling. And a lot of people haven't practiced that a whole lot. You know, it's probably half the planet hasn't, or more, hasn't really practiced that very much. So for this new, what I call new energy or new reality, and a friend of mine uh, in, in uh, Germany, she lives in the, in the Canary Islands now, she calls it the uh, the, the, the Neualität, which means, yeah, I don't know if we can make one word out of this, new reality. Um, and we're already in it. People don't want it to be like that. I have, I'd say half my friends want to go back to pre-2019 or pre-2020. Uh, that's not going to happen. So we need to actually begin to practice being here now, the way yes, it is yes. now or the way it's becoming. Yeah, when, when people say we want to go back to the normal, it's look in history anytime there was a major shift in the world and the planet and different things happen we are we are different people there is no normal there's no that doesn't exist anymore no this you got the new normal you got to deal with it and and learn from it and have some awareness and kind of adjust yourself yeah, yeah so grow from it we yeah we agree so i like that word new reality though because when i am also dealing with clients that to have a tendency to live in the past. I have some people that just, they r go in their mind, in their thought patterns, and they're just can't get out of the past. And so I like this term new reality mm -hmm. for, for those kind of people, because it, when you said that, I felt, I felt the energy of it just popping out and going, just go into the new reality and be present in that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, I guess it kind of works in English. Newality is what I wrote down here. Newality. Oh, I like that. But I don't know if people. Yeah, I don't know if people would understand what what one meant. One might have to say new reality, then newality. I don't later on, or I don't. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I've noticed this with my clients, with my friends, that there's definitely two. It's like two emerging hmm, worldviews. Uh, one is. You know, we've got to buckle down and uh, obey the orders coming from above. And I don't mean above heaven. I mean above governments. Mm -hmm. um, the other group is moving towards really openness, tolerance, love, light, positivity. Uh, you know, like, and we don't know how we're going to do that, by the way. We don't know how we're going to do it. Maybe there is somebody out there who knows. Uh, maybe it's Cryon and Metatron or Jesus or... Or, or some, some guru in India knows. But what I've been feeling and also hearing from my, what, what, I, what you might call colleagues or sources, mm -hmm. is that we don't know what it's going to look like, but we do know it's not going to be like it was up until 2019. Mm -hmm. And it will be better. Better. It's going be to be what people like we three have wanted our entire lives. And in fact, when we really take a look at that energy, it's very moving. We may even get some tears. Way better. And I, I think our, I know it was hard and some people have 
been lost and got sick, but you know, we have this reality where now people get to work from home. That, that would have never happened if there wasn't this worldwide push. Right. And having That's a true. more balanced life, you know, we got to spend more time with friends and family and get to know them in a different way. And we got locked in with who we were. And it pulled us into, I mean, this was, for for me, meant to happen for some huge shift that we're going through to prepare us for other things that we're going to be dealing with. So, Well, we've talked about on other yes. episodes as well that the whole planet is going to go through like a consciousness shift, basically. And it's going to happen. It's, it already is in motion. And that's what's happening right now. That's the separation that you're talking about. You know, of people who are trying to expand into love and light and acting from a heart-centered place. It's going to keep happening more and more, but it is a very uncomfortable shift to make from, you know, just listening to the government and, you know, policies from up above, as you said. It's a hard shift to make for some people from that into just trusting in the universe, basically. (laughs) That all will be very well. nicely said. Bravo. Thank Perfect. you. Beautiful. <laughs> She's good with words. I try. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, let me let me tell you, maybe give you sort of a, a barometric read my barometric reading of where we are right now in the energy. Okay. Um, not like there's nobody else doing that right now, but I'll give just a, a brief overview. We're really right since the middle of November, or, or some people call it November 18th, we're in the middle of an energy storm. Um, and there's a lot of fire energy beginning to come through, um, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe fire energy is the wrong way to say it, fiery energy. So um, don't be surprised if you're energized, but you don't know what to do with it. Um, it doesn't mean you have to burn up or anything like that. The energy storm is having a lot of people not sleep as well, uh, mm-hmm. requiring more sleep, having all kinds of uh, symptoms because there, there are um, information packets being downloaded to those who are open to them. Uh, from above, I don't mean the government <laughs> in this yeah. case. Um, uh, and uh, really, the, the, the one of the cu- couple of the big communications are tolerance, love, communication, and connection—all incredibly important. And I usually don't use the word love in German. Where it, it's too lovey, lovey, lovey uh-huh. for me. Um, and, and that's not wrong, but that's not enough. So I usually talk about heart, um, mm. heart energy. And I'm encouraging people to, when they're feeling kind of out of place, like they're, you know, they're a yard left of, of, their, of their center, to come back into your center, feel your heart, sit for two minutes and sort of breathe in and out. Breathing's really important. Breathing is very, very powerful, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in so many practices. That, and, and sort of feel yourself coming back into your middle. Uh, the, the other thing is, a lot of people are having trouble with staying grounded right now because storm, it's, it's windy out there. It's blowing. You know, it's a hurricane. Yeah. So, so what you can do, um, and this is also in case you get into some kind of mm, difficult situations with people, which we all have coming up right now to some degree, uh, uh, most of us to a large degree, is go out in nature. Mm-hmm. Be in nature. Now, I said that specifically. Don't just take a walk through nature. Like, I'm going to walk through nature. Okay, now I did it. I can check it off, right? I have a planner, you know, a little, you know, paper planner, or some people use their planner in their phones. Uh, don't, don't do it that way. Don't just check it off. Go out and be in nature. What does it mean to be? Sit down somewhere. 
Breathe yeah. in and out a little bit. Notice your breathing. Um, actually, it'll probably be enough to sit for a couple of minutes noticing your breathing in nature, and you'll be recharged again. Yep. When I say recharged, just like an electrical connection, maybe with a battery, it's got to be connected. you got to get reconnected with the earth. 100%. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. We all know that, but we forget it. And, and here's the deal. And what's funny is here in Germany, we say this all the time to each other as if we actually are listening. Um, and that is practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you don't have time to go out in nature, close the door at your office or your home office, get alone somehow, sit down, close your eyes and imagine being in nature and just have it come as it comes. Maybe you're sitting on a, in a meadow with lots of flowers and butterflies and puffy little clouds and sunny. Some other people be in the middle of the forest, maybe it'll even be dark. Some other people be being out in nature, will be being out in the snow, but being in nature is the main thing. The second thing I want to mention is, and, uh, and people have written books about this, this is not new, uh, is blessing. We need to practice blessing ourselves, mm. other people and situations. Yes. And what blessing, what a blessing is, is not a, not saying I'm for that. I think it's good what this person does. So if I bless George, doesn't mean that I think George is a great guy and he's doing the right thing and he makes the right decisions or I find him very simpatico. It means I wish him harmony and balance. That's what a blessing is. It's a wish, it's a powerful wish for harmony and balance. I love that. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I actually was thinking about this today and maybe that's part of the reason why it was coming to my forefront is that I'm realizing that with everybody has a different story and a background and traumas or experience. And one thing that we're all trying to get to actually is this balance, this balance of, yes, we have ups and downs, but you don't want to go too far in either direction. And you want to, you know, be able to experience life. And when you have a balance, you know, and you're in harmony, you know, and uh, something comes, an obstacle comes and it takes you off your track and it breaks you down. And it could be anything from something very serious, somebody sick in your family, to you lost your job, to, you know, a, a sick animal or anything happening. But you can, uh, you can address the things in your life so much easier when you, when you have a balance. And mm -hmm. this is something I've been working on really for the last couple of years with a, a deep focus and trying not to let myself swing in different directions and recognizing that hey, it's like a trauma that comes up into our space or something. And then all of a sudden you get the triggers and you, you can go right down into that sea of that river that takes you away back to that trauma or you can have some awareness, mm -hmm. recognize it. And like you said, maybe even bless yourself, add harmony and balance. Say, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. Uh, bless yourself. And, you know, or if when you see other people, like you said, Damien, there's nothing wrong with just looking at someone and instead of judging their situation, like you said, send them a blessing. Very nice. Right. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, that just goes back to what you had mentioned earlier as well, Damien, is that a lot of where people's uncomfortability is right now is that they're having a hard time even recognizing what they are feeling, these waves of sadness or just, you know, resentment for where the world is at and where their life used to be versus where it is now. 
And that's the first part of it is just recognizing where you're at. But then the best thing that you can do to bring yourself back into alignment is practice forgiveness, those blessings, forgiving yourself, forgiving the people around you. Like having that heart-centered energy is what's going to bring you back into alignment always. Yeah. Yes, very nice, very nice. I'd like to put something out there, maybe even provoke one or two of your listeners uh, a little bit, not in a bad way, not in a mean way. Uh, <laughs> and that is blessing is more powerful than forgiving. Mm-hmm. Blessing is more powerful than forgiving. I have lots of clients who can't forgive their husband or their wife mm. or their friend for leaving them or you know whatever it is, or their boss for firing them. They just can't, but right. they can bless them. Because a blessing isn't that I agree with what happened. A blessing is I wish that other person harmony and balance. I just got a tear in my eye. Yes. Send them off with love and light. Because <laughs> it, it is true. Yeah. And I've heard forgiveness so much in our practice and in my t- in even where I was taught. Right. But you're right. Because there are some things that I, I can't. I shouldn't have to forgive wholeheartedly. Like that was something that was a lesson I had to deal with, but a part of me, but yes, I can send them a blessing and ask them to have, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I've never heard that before. Actually. Well, who am I, who am I to judge somebody else as needing my forgiveness? Right. You're right. Because who am I? Yeah. Yeah. It brings yeah, almost too much forgive? responsibility, I guess, or, oh, or heaviness. Uh, like, I got to forgive yeah. that person? I love yeah, this. I, I have clients, they just can't do it. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I just exchanged a text, a text with a friend today in, uh, in Virginia uh, who said, I said, well, send them love and light. And she says, no way that's happening, friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, she can send them a blessing. Because it's not about agreeing with with how they behave or what they did. And I like this because this goes back to a few other teachings we've had where, you know, you have to recognize that you're going to run into teachers. And sometimes those teachers don't have that title teacher and you don't realize it until you're kind of out of that situation. Sometimes that teacher is your ex-husband. They taught you a very, very valuable lesson. Right. that is, you know, I actually sometimes I do a process, uh, you know, every couple of weeks where I go through all the people that taught me major lessons. The, this includes teachers that taught me how to do this work, mm-hmm. but I include the people that hurt me the most in there. And I actually imagine them and I ground them and I even put Eckhart Tolle in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, anybody that is in my heart at the moment that I want to send, and I guess I do send a blessing because I ground them and I give them light and I hook them up. Yeah. But you know, that is that energetic, uh, blessing that you're talking about, but realizing that, that, that person taught me probably way more than the person that always has been nice to me because, you know, I, I've learned something about myself or who I want to be, or made me fight harder to be more myself. And even when we go back to politics or this big world that we're in, you know, you know, especially with what America has gone through in the last big chunk, you know, years with all the political upheaval, which we had an experience. We have a, a very youthful listenership and we have not, they haven't experienced that at that. We, that's not something that we got to experience at our age, 
But I honestly looked at a lot of these people as our teachers. They opened our eyes to things that we need to look at as a community. Mm. And so they're also teaching us something that this is, this is all, all of it is happening for a reason. So when you just want to bash someone and you hate that side or hate this side, that gets you absolutely nowhere. Realizing what is in the teaching and what is happening at the moment. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yep, I agree. I'd like to give one more, maybe it's not my last tip, but one more very important uh, advice. And this, 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 this advice leads to health and it leads to happiness, um, particularly happiness of who can be happy if they're not, when they're not healthy. And that's to every once in a while, maybe when you wake up in the morning, maybe when you go to bed at night, enter the space or the energy field of appreciation. Ooh, I like that. Now, there's actually a lot of misunderstanding about, about what, what these various words mean. In Britain, you'll hear gratitude, although mm. they, they say gratitude. And you even hear that in Germany. It's not quite this as thankfulness or being thankful. That's great. But really appreciating something goes beyond thanks. Mm. It goes a little bit beyond thanking or being thankful. And I'm not, I don't want to say th being thankful isn't enough. Probably it is. But those who appreciate will be happy. Maybe not right now in this moment. Maybe there's a lot of stuff on your plate and you just can't get up to the level of happiness but if you keep practicing appreciation, it's like waking up in the morning, be appreciative, be appreciative of, your, of your soft pillow. Um, Abraham, Esther Hicks, Abraham says this a lot. You know, wake up in the morning and be appreciative. Appreciate something. It's not so important that it's like this big, deep, meaningful thing that you appreciate. You know, you could appreciate the nice flowers on your window ledge. You can appreciate the, the Buddha uh, or, or Jesus, uh, statue or, or, or head or whatever uh, on, on your uh, uh, bedside table. You can appreciate the person who you wake up next to. How about that? Yes, I do that every uh, morning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes. There you go. Now, you don't need to spend a whole lot of time. You don't need to spend, like, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 30 minutes being in appreciation. But it's a space or an energy field that we want to return to again and again and again because that's the only way to be truly happy. And you know how you can tell if you appreciate something? And I've learned this over time too. I used to be so, I used to buy things and then just wear them and throw them on the floor or, and I would get new things and I really wouldn't take really good care of them. And I just kind of had it, mm, whatever I'll get, you know, as youthful and whatever I'm busy, you know, I've recognized as, as I've gotten more into my spirituality that I actually mm -hmm. buy less things. Oh, yeah. I don't shop as much, which people, my friends would be shocked right now, but by the way, of how much <laughs> I don't shop. I used to have an addiction to shopping to help fill something that was missing in my heart, but I don't need sure. that anymore. I actually go, I'm going through everything in my closet and I'm actually selling everything or giving it away. Yeah. But also little things like I got a new washer and dryer. I clean it when it gets dirty. If my dogs get stuff on that, I would never do that before. But that I'm realizing when you're saying this word appreciation, that I do have a deeper appreciation and you can tell because the way I'm treating the, not just things though, people, experiences, conversations, yourself. Yeah. So, but so you can recognize <laughs> this in yourself easily by, do I just, you know, 
throw all my clothes in the corner and, and, and not really, you know, appreciate them? Or am I actually hanging them up and taking good care of them? And when they get the hole, fix them. Right. And, but I think as a community, if we had that more appreciation for all these things that we have, we have a lot of things in America. Oh yeah. Um, that we could need less and it would actually be a better, you know, harmony mm-hmm. back to the harmony. Yeah. We don't need 10 of the one things we, you know, I don't know. That's just kind of what I was getting from when you were mentioning that word kind of. It's a great example. And it's, and it's an example that's really real for you. Happened to remind me of some of the Hollywood movies I watched in the eighties of, uh, you know, that it would be the typical scene of the guy who's a skateboarder and the the woman from the rich family who goes shopping in Beverly Hills or something like that. Um, But eventually when we start to realize who we really are, we just don't have the same needs anymore. Yeah, obviously we're not going to stop wearing clothes. We're not going to stop shopping completely. <laughs> no, but there's a balance, you know, I don't need, yeah. And even Linnea said she had an addiction to shopping. She was just mouthing to me too. So this is probably an energy of something. If we both had it, it's called matched energy. What, you know, when we were still figuring out who we were, what, oh, yeah. Why did you? Why did you have an addiction to shopping? I used to literally call it retail therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when I was feeling bad about something or I was like upset, I literally would just go buy a bunch of clothes or sunglasses or things that I didn't really need. And now I'm finding myself doing like what you're saying, and I'm not buying as much stuff. And the things that I am buying have a way deeper meaning. It's like books that I'm going to get a like a spiritual something out of, it's going to like fulfill me more as a person versus going out and buying like four pairs of sunglasses that I don't really need. I mean, they'll make me look cute, but it's not (laughs) something that it's going to like fulfill my soul. (laughs) You still have some cute sunglasses though. I do like sunglasses (laughs) though, so don't get me wrong. (laughs) Damien, I have another quick question before we get too far. You have a singing workshop. Uh, I'm really kind of curious how that works and what that's about. Yeah, I, I actually haven't led a singer's workshop for, for many years. Um, although I have from time to time worked with individual singers over the years. I've even worked with professional opera singers, not like dozens, but but several. Um, and the, 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 the work with singers is very interesting because when they sing, uh, I don't mean when they're singing in the shower, when they're singing in front of the group, let's say we have eight or 10 seminar participants we have somebody who's gonna play the piano and they sing in front of the group. Um, I can see where they're blocked. I can also see what they should be singing. So should they be singing gospel or opera or pop or rock or chanting, or maybe not even singing, although that hasn't shown that, I don't remember that one specifically showing up in in a workshop, but uh, it's fascinating to work with, you know, see how the energy can be. One woman, I just had her put, when she's standing there and singing, you know, we have, I had everybody sing and stand, you know, while they're standing. And she would put her right foot maybe six or eight inches in front of the left foot. And it was, it was forward as if she was maybe going to walk somewhere, but it was a small step. And then she sung. It was completely different. People were like gaping because how she sang changed so radically what? because the energy flow in her body worked better for her when she had her right foot in front of her left. By the way, this is not brilliant. I didn't invent this. I did read it with her. I didn't get it from some book I read, but I'm sure it's in books. Um, Another woman came, she was probably about 60 
And she sang, she had this little tiny voice, this little tiny squeaky voice. <laughs> so I saw what was going on. And very often um, with both men and women, maybe more with women than men, there's something going on with the waist, waist and hips, mm. um, where there's a block. Um, it could be a block having to do with, with the solar plexus. It could have be a block a little bit lower down, whatever. I had her tie a red scarf around her waist. It was like a different person was singing. What? We love Same the song. color mapping that's happening with that too. <laughs> yes. Oh, it had to be red. I saw oh, that. Yeah. So I can see in the energy where the blocks are. I can see what solutions uh, might work. I'm not saying they always work. Pretty much always, by the way. Um, and uh, I'll never forget one workshop I led in Hamburg, Germany, where actually a friend of mine enrolled at the very last minute. And I, I'd been trying to coax her to enroll because I knew that she wanted to sing in front of people, sing in a band. Mm -hmm. She never had. Um, and she arrived at the workshop and was kind of cowering in the back, kind of, you know, being her introverted self. She has an introverted side. And finally, it was her turn. And she got up and she started singing. People were listening, you know, politely. And then I said, how would it be if you sang that holding a guitar and wearing a cowboy hat? <laughs> So it was a large group. It was a large group. Yeah. So we had a guitar. We had a cowboy hat. It was so radically different than one of the professional singers who like, earns her living by singing stood up and said, you're now ready to go on stage. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to take singing lessons. You just need to do it. Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. Darn it. I wanted to be it a was singer. Very crazy. And by the way, she, she did it. I'm not saying she's she's now not recording records and stuff like that, but she sang for a couple of years with the band. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I don't know. That's wow, that's amazing. Maybe yeah. next Having year we never... can put together another singing workshop. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah. Well. Oh, it's a breakthrough. It's breakthrough. The the one thing is that every once in a while there's somebody who wasn't quite prepared for what they were going to get. Mm. That can happen even in a reading set, session. That I see something that they don't really want to hear or they're not. They don't think they're quite ready to hear. But the truth is, what I've discovered over the, you know, the, the 35 years I've been doing this, they are ready. They just get, still got a little bit of resistance, but they are ready to right. hear it. Right. And it could be some very useful information about a family member or a relationship with somebody in their family or their husband or wife. But it could also be something like, um, you're actually not an opera singer. You know, you're, mm -hmm. that's just doesn't that doesn't. Uh, vibrate with you, you know, that doesn't resonate with you, try, and then they try other songs, you know, because it's a large group, people, a large group is a, is a big enough group where there's different music, they try something else, and it's amazing, the difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, Damien, the one woman um, went from singing opera to singing chansons. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, um, do you have any last minute notes? We're getting ready to wrap up, or anything else you want to say before we kind of show people where they could look you up and uh, book a reading or healing if they're interested or I, ask I, us for more questions. One last thing I'd like to say. Okay. One last thing. Um, practicing appreciation leads to trusting yourself. And in California, we used to write yourself with a big S in the middle, right? Pra trusting yourself. Mm, trusting yourself. Wonderful. And, that, and so that, that comes out of appreciation. So it's, it's, there's just a lot of benefits to blessing and appreciating. Well, we really thank you for your energy and time and devotion to your craft to, and ha to elevate people 
where needed and to be in service because anybody that do, does this work it, in my eyes, I call it in service to mm-hmm. the, you know, the energies that need it and, um, blessings to you and appreciation to you and Damien it's D A M I E N L O U G H R E Y at AOL.com. Yes. AOL.com. And if you have any questions, you can email him there and the liberated healer is here to help you give you the tools to help you heal yourself and your loved ones. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Damien. And thank you. Bye everybody. Bye for now. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, show your support by finding us online at theliberatedhealer.com. And there you can find all of our social handles. Podcast.